Hi, y'all, tennis nuts out there, aficionados, and welcome to Living at the 45. I'm your host, Jack Brody, and today I have the pleasure of talking with not only a, a chiropractor, some of the top tennis players in the country and the world, but he's also my nephew, and uh, that makes it an extra special treat here, and uh, so I might have to break down and say how proud I am and all that crap, but, uh, you know, you'll have to flow with it. You two... Uh, Leland, you'll have to deal with it. Uh, I'm talking today uh, with Leland Schneider. All, all right, good. I'm talking with Leland Schneider. And like I said, he is the chiropractor and he, and he goes on tour with a lot of these players. He's, so uh, Leland, say hi to the folks out there. Hello. Yes, uh, definitely. I appreciate you having me on. I think it's uh, pretty cool that uh, I got to go on my uncle's podcast. I don't do a whole bunch of podcasts just because schedules get crazy, but this is a special one and it's really cool, cool to be here, obviously the, for, for the family part, but also if I can get any information out. Uh, yeah, I'd love to answer some questions and I love talking this stuff. I'm uh, relatively new to the tennis world and, and learning all the time, learning from, from yourself, learning from other coaches I come across. It's a constant evolution as I come over from the world of baseball with a little bit of a baseball background, but, uh, I'm always learning, and aside from being family as a coach, I've always looked towards your stuff to uh, to continue to grow and educate myself on on what coaches are thinking and what they're looking to do. Is really my job is to make sure that I can uh, hand them the best canvas or or vessel to then turn into a quality tennis game. So uh, the relationship is huge, and conversations are huge between the two fields. Well, I'm thinking that that. At the level we're talking about here, you know, guys in the top 100, 150 in the world, um, they don't talk nearly as much or deal nearly as much with technique, these coaches, as they do with physicality. Am I right about that? Is it more about the training and nutrition and even more training than that, I would think, uh, you know, the gym and chiropractic and cryogenic yeah. tanks or something, you know? I think they're using it. I think they're using everything they can um, to create optimal performance, right? And that's really a comprehensive thing. Obviously, there's the, the game on court, uh, and the game on court comes first. Uh, the ability to perform on court and win on court is what all the other stuff is leaning to do or trying to do. Um, but I think one without the other doesn't work and vice versa, just all physicality with no technique doesn't work. So being able to blend the two worlds and, you know, each athlete is a human being and an individual. And on my end, uh, while a chiropractor by title, you know, I, I would be more rehab based and my background in baseball was uh, I was a performance coach in professional baseball. So I do try to, uh, I guess I have a, uni a unique ability to sort of view the whole spectrum of performance and then trying to figure out what that individual needs from, from a few different lenses. And then again, making sure that we can now deliver the healthiest, most powerful, strongest, all the things um, to you guys, really healthiest is probably number one, but performance, of course, um, handing a tennis coach that, that best athlete uh, to do what they need. And we'll use anything possible. If it's cryo to chiropractic, to rehab, to dry needling, to cupping, to strengthen, like we, 
I'm open to everything. And at least that's my approach and uh, new to the game, definitely post COVID and, and trying to build a reputation off of being able to offer a pretty comprehensive uh, lens for these guys for performance and then give them to you and you teach them to do all the things. It's well, a, it's you know, we pretty much do win. most of the tech, most of the technical stuff is done. Of in the course. Gym. You know, and in the well, juniors, we didn't we didn't do too much physical yeah. stuff. I don't really recall, unless a kid yeah, got injured, he he never saw a chiropractor really, or or any kind yeah. of physio. And yeah, I I would agree, and and that's there's sort of two ways around it. One, you do want it to be, as I deal with, I only deal with pros. I'm learning about college. I'm learning about juniors. Um, I don't like to. I would love to say who or what like I work with, but like in dealing with organizations like a USTA or, or dealing with the organizations like whoever, you just observe and you observe good and, and, and bad, just on my end where I'm learning good and done, have done good and bad. But I wish the paradigm was more towards building athletes younger, at least really leaning into that side of things where guys are, they play so much tennis. Um, when I have my doctor hat on, I can't tell you how many um, sort of pars fractures or, or sort of specific overuse injuries that are occurring simply due to extreme amounts of tennis and maybe not enough on the athletic development side. And, you know, for a 10 to 12 year old, that might just be like playing tag or can you balance on one foot? Like it doesn't have to be crushing weights. Um, I think there's an appropriate thing to do throughout that whole spectrum of athletic development from 10 to a pro, um, and it's different, but uh, I wish the paradigm was a little different. Maybe maybe not less tennis, but more, if you're going to have that much tennis, we need as much athletic development, preventative medicine, whatever it may be, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I would say you're right. In the juniors, you do get some of these coaches and players and parents that want you to overtrain. And, and that's when you become a tennis casualty. You know, you get the tennis, yeah. you know, even if you're hitting, especially at that age, they're not always hitting the ball perfectly correctly. So, yeah, I know, give great credit to, um, in Atlanta, I do a lot of, I got my doctor in Atlanta. I do a lot of work in Atlanta and I was lucky enough to come in the game under some pretty smart guys in tennis medicine. And I give a lot of credit to those like, uh, Dr. Dr. Niru Jayanthi out of Atlanta. He's the Hawks, uh, MD, he's the Braves MD, he's the head of 10, he's, he's just a stud, um, but was really making me aware of just monitoring hours and having some, um, an equation based off of hours and, you know, our 10-year-old athlete shouldn't be spending 25 hours on court and there's some sort of a correlation of like how many hours on court, how many hours off court, where's our age? and really monitoring those factors to hopefully stay ahead of some of these injuries or burnout, whatever it may be, there's so many things, but uh, but monitoring hours on court, um, I can't remember the exact equation in my head, but if ever needed a reference, I can give that. But in general, as parents, like we're, we're monitoring, just like they're talking the NBA now, monitoring stress, monitoring fatigue. These are young grown athletes playing a pretty invasive sport uh you just have to monitor that individual athlete appropriately 
Yeah, I, I, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about someone, uh, thinking about in particular uh, Osaka, right? Naomi Osaka, who had that burnout. And then a couple of other players have mentioned that this year, that the stress was too much. Do you think the emotional and, and uh, mental stress has something to do with the physical stress, or is it really hard to say? I truly, I will never and truly can never speak on another athlete, you know, just because I'm medical here um, and I do work pretty closely with the athletes. I, Naomi is a brilliant player. I have no idea exactly her situation or her stresses, but I can tell you just in being on tour, um, whether it's a Naomi to any, any name you throw out there down to 200, these people are trying to make a living playing tennis. There's a celebrity part to it. There's a press part to it. It's a grind out there. So it's all, yes, like stress on all levels. We're monitoring at the younger level. It's maybe stress of family, stress of being away from home, <clears throat> stress of uh, uh, going through puberty, stress of boyfriends and girlfriends. But at the, at the higher level, it's the same things. I mean, it's just with more money and, uh, and more cameras and more attention and such. It's, it's really a grind, aside from trying to win every single week, which is really, really hard. Um, now, when you add the celebrity of some of these top athletes, it's, it's unreal. So, I mean, yeah. the stresses I even see with my guys where they're all climbing the ladder or trying to get to that top level. Uh, the second you start making a little bit of money, the stresses exponentially grow. Um, they just do. And, and we're monitoring all of that. And those are conversations we have to have. Um, yeah, it's just part of it as, as well as the physical stress and, and managing the rest of it. It's all part of the puzzle. And while we may think it's just tennis and in training, it's tennis, training, sleep, nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, travel. I know I can tell you, Sam, Query, travel, I know for yes. fact, he, he doesn't like to travel. Uh, he never did. Was, uh, uh, Sam Query as a young kid. Uh, I yeah, remember. It, I think his dad told me once. He just doesn't Nobody like does. to travel. Look, I just got back from a, a travel day from Montreal yesterday, and it's rather close to New York City, but golly, was it tough. So, um, well, you came from Cabo, right? Two days ago, and then you went to Montreal yeah, was, and then New York. Cabo, oh, then you go Montreal, period. and then I, I have stopped in New York here. But the travel is is probably the the worst part of it. Sometimes it's not, but you know, when it's easy, you're just kind of put your headphones on, you roll through, and maybe you get some work done, and you think about some things. But uh, but yeah, when you're stuck in like customs for no reason, and you're like, hey, it's it's a uh, nonsense, but. I'll, but I'll I'm sure none I, of these guys, none of these guys like it. Even when you're flying private, it's still a grind and you're still, it's just constant chaos, really not incomparable to any other sport. It's just constant chaos. So, you know, you lose and your life changes. You're looking at flights all the time and you're just, those are all stressors, right? Like yeah. maybe as you get to the higher levels, it's taken care of, but still stress. You're still like hopping on a 12 a.m. flight even if it's private. Yeah. How about sleep? I can tell you last night I slept like hell. I, I could not <laughs> get to sleep. I mean, what, what do you suggest? Melatonin? I mean, this is just personal uh, here, buddy. I want to know. But melatonin yeah. or L-tryptophan or just a couple shots of bourbon or what? <laughs> that was probably all work. Um, maybe the <laughs> bottom of the list is the alcohol, but yeah, well, I've been backing uh, off that anyway. 
but it all no, it all helps. Sleep is enormous. We try to do as much as we can with sleep, but it's really tough. Um, sometimes I stay with players, and I'm bad at it too. But we all sit on our phones too much. We all sit on our phones till the time we go to sleep. <clears throat> we can all be better with our sleep process. And in terms of the specifics, like I personally don't take anything, but those who are close to me or those when I have sort of prescribed. Prescribed is maybe the wrong word, um, but spoken about like melatonin has its benefits, but then those will say that melatonin uh, maybe can affect uh, the depth that we get into our sleep cycle. And, and that's science that I would refer out immediately for, and I would have to look into myself. But, you know, I go back and forth with it. Um, I'm sure there's certain things, melatonin, some other, some other, uh, uh, supplements i guess you can say along those lines that may work for some there's no blanket statement on it but ultimately ultimately we have to recognize how important sleep is and i will say it on this level where you know say we just got back from cabo and uh the night is crazy late like there's a point where it's hey there's, sometimes there's two hours of work to be done in the body i mean it's a lot um but at a certain point too, it's like, hey, let's just do a little bit of work and let's just go to sleep because sleep is our best healer and, and, and sleep is huge. So we are looking to get as much sleep as possible. We want the rooms to be as dark as possible. We want the rooms to be as cold as possible. Uh, it's tough, but we don't want cell phones near us within 30 minutes. Like there's some good information out there. And again, um, if I could ever give those specifics, absolutely. But Sleep is something we really try to optimize, and that's to each individual. I know with schedules overseas and such, I have had players where sleep is a problem. And you sort of try everything. Um, you try changing patterns. You try maybe a little supplementation here or there. You try meditations. You try. There's just you could try everything. And again, it's what's going to work for that human. We're open to really anything that is not going to hurt them right so we we just want it to be optimized and we try to figure that out okay i was just curious like i said i've been dealing with it myself a little bit lately and i've been working out i've, I've got a good good player i'm working with here in town now you know yeah a really a top player and uh so i'm having to get back in shape again after uh taking a year off just to do my website and all that yeah virtual stuff uh and i noticed the more i exercise you'd think i'd go right to sleep but I guess the combination of no booze at all and eating really well and exercising like crazy, I'm clean. I'm getting I'm clean as a whistle. I'm, I'm, like I told my wife the other day, hey, I'm not drinking. I'm not eating bad food, too much red meat. I'm, 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 I'm ready to kill myself. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that works. I mean, sleep is huge and, and just life will affect sleep and if you'd think that the healthier you feel, the better you sleep. But uh, I do know that when I don't exercise, I do have trouble sleeping. And then when I start to get in that normal routine of, of exercising, uh, and for me, that's whatever I do. Like when I train, like just doing something hard in the day. Um, yeah, I okay. sleep better. So yeah. Well, you know, you know, your uncle, I'm kind of overdoing it these days. I went from literally sitting on my ass, you know, 
all week long working on these well, videos. We might have a little. Videos. We might have a little rise in cortisol levels. We might need to uh, find some other ways to relax or something. We might need to calm the system down. Sleep is. Put it this way too. Th simple things that I do think about, like if we can't sleep or we're super anxious at night, we think sympathetic, parasympathetic. Like sympathetic is you're training just all the time. You're on the go. Your mind is on the go. Uh, parasympathetic is the opposite. It's the meditative state. It's uh, trying to bring that system down. We look at heart rates, whatever. But uh, yeah, get that system down, uncle. All right. Well, let's get into the stuff that you're really, uh, uh, okay. you know, your expertise. Uh, sure. But uh, thanks for that, because I'll, I'll try to <laughs> use that. Get the system I'm pretty down. sure I'll tell my wife, sex is probably a good thing to get me to sleep, huh? Sex does help, but sometimes it gets that heart rate up a little bit, too. It, it takes a second. Did you hear so, that, babe? Sex Leland, is healthy. Uh, my, my nephew, Dr. Leland, uh, I'll tell you later. Um, so, I'm on the uh, record. Sex is healthy. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. Uh, I, I've got some, you know, pointed questions now. What do you see huh. mostly? Is, is it rotator cuff, neck? shoulders hips uh lower back i mean you know those are all the things i it's can think of it's probably a combination of them all uh you know i come from a baseball background and i owe that a lot to my understanding of a shoulder and i probably do the shoulder the best um, well, i'm thinking serve on the shoulder right yeah I, I probably do understand this the shoulder the best but but ultimately when we deal with shoulders, we deal with hips, at least on the medical side and the performance side, they're so closely related. Uh, so I'm dealing with a lot of shoulders. I'm dealing with a lot of hips. Tennis has way too. One thing I've been surprised at is how many um, hip impingement type situations we have and just poor hip strength and mobility and performance that lead to surgeries. I mean, I'm seeing it with a lot of college guys when I start to see college and it's it's probably one of my first athletes um, had some issues. I say no names because it's medical, um, but you know, I see a lot of hips and I've learned a lot more about hips and try to do is, is I look at a lot of hips. My my my. But you know, you're talking you're talking my language, right? With the Brody. Of course, board. no, I know. And, and so my question me, is really yeah, would be please. this. Do you yeah. think, and I've always thought this myself, I see uh, Ranakanu and other players that I think are very top head, top dominant, right? Shoulder dominant. And they kind of lock their hips. Even some coaches, that's all they talk about is shoulders, where I profess that the core of your body is a lot, hell of a lot closer to your hips than it is to your shoulders. So I think yeah. if they don't initiate the movement from the hips, they're in deep, deep caca. You well, know what I mean? I get it. I'm sure. No, no, some of those things are, are on the technical side. I'm not sure what's who's saying what or whatever. I just know move. You know, I come from this and I'm around a lot of coaches and I hear a lot of different things and some good and some bad, just like I, I'm sure I've done myself. But uh, from just one thing I do think is a benefit of mine and I do see in tennis is I do come from a non-tennis background. So I come from a, I was in professional baseball I came into professional baseball just looking for whatever reason, just looking the way I learned it was just to look at a human being as an athlete and as a mover, so on and so forth. So in terms of the technical or in terms of performance, like when we're just talking about the ability to create force, rotational force or change direction, it's all ground up uh, uh, mechanisms, it's all ground up sequences. So 
the answer is always yes. Like I think your ability to move at your hips and create forces in the right way from feet to, you know, from feet to knees, to hips, to, to rib cage, to shoulder, to scapula, whatever shoulder through the limb. I mean, it's all important, but I think it all starts from the ground up. So of course, if we're teaching a top-down approach, I'm not sure in my opinion, it's the best, but that's my opinion. Uh, I think that's of movement and, and I think of movement and performance and rotational performance, rotational overhead performance is ground up. It's the ability to create force in the ground, transfer it up through the body and whatever the, the sport requires uh, in tennis. All right, well, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit, nephew, on this one because it, I always thought that it feels like the ground up. Uh, to yeah. me, it, I've always thought it was a double conic, meaning when you turn your hips, you feel it pull on your feet. So it feels like your feet are initiating the movement, but like a double conic, meaning it goes in at the hips, and then out at the legs. So when you move your hips, you feel the tension against the, you yeah. feel your feet pulling against the no, ground. I'm, I'm totally so I hate to with be you. So that. specific, but but I don't know. That's no, how no, I, I'm, I'm with you in the sense of um, performance may be lie in the hips, right? But I think the ability to create force at the ground is is biomechanical science, right? Like the more force we can create at the ground in theory, the better our hips are performing or can perform or, or all the things. I'm with you that the, the foundation of performance, you can argue is no doubt the hips, but it's it somehow starts with a contact with the ground and the ability to manipulate forces to send up through your hips or which are performing beautifully and then sent out through your racket or a baseball or whatever, um, I don't know, whatever else you could throw. Uh, yeah. but, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's for me, I always think about what are the paramount skills that an athlete needs and it's the ability to move really well in all planes. Um, but there's a, in terms of pure performance, if we're talking about velocity sciences, there's a force dynamic in there and, uh, in the ground, the ability to create force in the ground is very important. Hip you know, performance is huge. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about a letter I got. You ever heard of a guy named Scott Simpson? He won the U.S. Open back in, I don't know, the late 80s. I literally, early 90s. I literally know my roster of players. I don't, I'm no, no, so he, bad at this I, I, I should have clarified, he won the U.S. Open golf tournament. Oh, no, I don't know. Anyway, I, I gave him one of my boards. <clears throat> or I didn't give it to him. He bought one of the boards uh, once. That's awesome. His, co his coach actually bought it. And yeah. uh, one of the Brody boards, right? It used to be called the eight board. And mm -hmm. he wrote me this incredible letter. And he said uh, that he used the board in his hotel room quite a bit. Then he drove some balls off it. And he said he had the most amazing feeling after he got off the board, right? Mm -hmm. He said it, he said, because his feet were moving, right? When he was hitting balls and practicing in the, yeah. in the, in the room, in the hotel room. But when he got onto still ground, right, his feet could no longer move. He said his yeah. hips kept moving, so it felt like his feet were like rooted. I think he said and, the word and that's nailed what we into want. the ground. Yeah, we we want that relationship with the ground when you're trying to stop force or create force or something. It's you know we work on feet all the time. Too much probably for these players, like they get annoyed. But I, I start with the feet during every uh, uh, treatment session because we're trying to have better contact with the ground. These guys are in shoes all day or big, tall guys. They're 
everyone has their movement situation, their movement um, passport of sorts. And uh, and yeah, we're getting we're trying to get the feet to have a good relationship with the ground so they can they can now move well, create force well. Some of the best guys I've seen just seem to grip the ground so well. Um, and that seems to be pretty important. Yeah, Nadal, Alcaraz, I agree with you. And they're yeah, all the soccer grip, players. Grip the, the ground players. and keep great body positions. That's really what we're talking about, right? Like being in elite body positions at the right time too. And these guys are able to create force in elite body positions or move and maintain elite body positions while they're moving right and have to immediately move left and do it in one it's craziness at the top level, but um, yeah, it is. Uh, let me ask you another question. Um, I've I've seen chiropractors, you know, not to box you, you know, not to put you in a box. No, no, no uh, doubt, it, it is my doctorate. Like I, I wear the badge, I wear the badge proudly. But come on, let's go with it. But I'm okay, so my question is this: I've had, I actually got hurt once by a, a chiropractor, yeah. only once, only one guy, and uh, and I I um. I don't even want to go over that. I'll probably start to no, phantom, you know what it's phantom fine. I've heard it all before. Come at me. I've yeah. heard it all before. So my question is this: When you work with these guys, and I'm, are, are you a crack them and, and clear them out, or are you more no. like uh, really work the muscles and then maybe get a crack, no. maybe not, or do you yeah, use that yeah. gun? You know I, the gun they use. Nah, <laughs> I think it. Nah, we laugh, but like all of it can has some some logic in working. And sure, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. Um, I recognize that there's some wild, um, some wild shit out there, right? Like there's some wild shit that my profession does and it's, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And like my, uh, my stepfather, who is an awesome figure in my life was an MD. So I have respect for that field, but we know that there's horrible MDs out there. Um, I see PTs that I look to all the time. Some are absolutely brilliant. Some kind of suck for whatever reason. Chiropractors suck even more than others, and that's fine. Um, you know, if I I have the degree which allowed me to transfer what I was doing in pro baseball as a performance coach to being able to assess, treat, and do whatever. I recognize some of that nonsense is out there, but at the end of the day, on tour, I'm what's called a physio, and that's probably what I I uh, think of myself more as anything. Like I have the ability to use my hands. Uh, a lot of times I have my hands and my brain out there and we're solving problems. Um, but it's a combination of my hands, my brain, um, all the way to the side of optimal performance where we're in the weight room doing stuff. But in between there, it could be a little chiropractic where there's a manipulation needed. It's not all the time. It's purely based on my assessment. Um, but I use needles. I use cups. I use instruments. I use I've, I read everything and will use anything that could possibly work in the moment because some of it you just see works all the time. Some of it may work for a second. Like, you know, I've needled 10 minutes before a match before because we just need it. Like, we it, you do whatever. Um, I've, done needle, I've, done, I've had needles done to me before, so, acupuncture, but, but, yeah. But it all comes down to trying to be the best assessor. Like, what does this human being need? If I give you this and you need that, then, then we might not get where we need to be. But at the end of the day, we want really quality movement from all the limbs and joints. And, and I'm assessing that. Sometimes we're putting a little manual therapy in there. Then it's probably a little bit of like system rehab where we use anything from, 
things uh, where we're breathing in certain positions to doing like rehab drills against me. And then that progresses towards, you know, we're doing heavy rows and we're doing split squats and we're jumping all around and like we're creating a dynamic athlete. But because of what I do, I'm sure I'm a, I'm a chiropractor and it allows me to do everything. So I love the profession. Um, but I would say I'm much more of a, a physio, I'm some sort of a mutt, you know what I mean? And that's where you have yeah. to be. I'm a problem solver. And I have- So you go in the gym, you go in the gym with these guys too. Uh, yeah, I think uh, because of my background, it does allow me to to do a couple different things for guys. Like I have an event coming up and I'll have a couple athletes that I'll be doing hands-on physio work with, a little bit of performance with, and I have another guy who will just get some performance stuff. So it all depends on what they need at the given time. I just got done with a player um, and it was mostly rehab and hands-on performance and we're doing whatever we can just based on schedules and what they're going like everything is so individualized and just because of what I did and now what I do I can do a few different things for these guys and and that is what my company does like I have a little company that provides these services for tennis players is pretty much my main clientele but we try to get into golf we try to get into pro basketball we try to get into pro baseball um, but provide a, a really elite sort of resource, sports med and performance resource that could take an athlete and say, hey, through all of our assessments, our nice network of folks, like this is what you need. Give them some elite information. And sometimes that's a little bit of everything. So I'm training guys, I'm rehabbing, I'm treating, um, I'm doing whatever. Probably average at all of them, who knows? I see, I see. Um... You touched on breathing. That always oh, yeah. sort of that always sort of interests me because yeah. I know when I got some heavy body work when I was coaching some good players or playing way back when they would always you know emphasize gee when I'm when I'm pushing down I want you to exhale and inhale and how yeah. important breathing and and is that a problem with tennis players sometimes they lock up. Is it a problem? Absolutely. It's part of my assessment. I, when I wear the physio hat, like tennis player, human being, whoever, um, well, my girlfriend, like it could be anybody. Everyone has some, you can find some things in an assessment as you move around the body. And a lot of it comes back to rib cage. So for me, breathing is related with rib cage, which now expands to hips and shoulders. So for me, it's a part of my assessment. And I think we look at it a few ways. You can talk about breathing under a bunch of scopes on the, in the grand scheme of performance in the grand scheme of meditation and some of that parasympathetic we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I use it. I'm a huge believer in Postural Restoration Institute, a little shout out to them. I love them. Yep. Yeah, um, I've heard of it. And, and really that just is part of our assessment to... I'll get a little nerdy for a second, but like, you know, we have a lot of right athletes who fall into specific patterns we see, maybe patterns at the hip, maybe patterns at the rib cage, all the way on out. Um, so my rehab or manual therapy a lot of times is combined with some drills where you're putting them back, you're sort of going in the opposite direction or putting them in positions in the opposite direction of some of that patterning and you're having them breathe. Breathe in through nose, their nose, out through their mouth, getting their rib cage to move and, and to sort of reset their pattern. 
that's somehow I use it. That's how I use it sometimes. There's so many other ways to use it. There's using it to amp up for a lift or to calm down during a match. We talk breathing all the time. I think a lot of it is rooted in through your nose, out through the mouth, different timings or manipulations of that time in through the nose, out through the mouth can cater to what you're really trying to use breathing with. But, you know, in terms of when I have the physio hat on, seeing breathers who maybe breathe into their shoulders and just sure. sort of, sure, those are things that I'm seeing on the manual therapy, sort of chiropractic physio side that I'm trying to combat against because in the middle of a match, you're breathing extremely heavy. You're not thinking about expanding your rib cage and breathing in a more functional way or more correct way. Um, but the better we can get, the better we use it. I mean, uh, breathing in terms of performance, the better positions our, our body can be in at the time of contact or to initiate movements and such makes that movement more efficient makes that outcome probably a little bit better. So I go to baseball all the time and you'll see a pitcher on the mound, take a breath, set his rib cage, and then fire a hundred mile per hour fastball. Like we can use, I probably just mentioned four ways. We can use breathing in so many ways for performance, for physio, for sleep, Yeah, breathing. You know, I asked because it's been, a, it's been on my mind a lot the last couple of weeks. I, I didn't even... Well, like I said, when I was sitting on my ass reinventing myself, you know, from getting off the tennis court uh, 40 hours, 50 hours a week into yeah. editing video, uh, building a website with my web developers and talking yeah. to you know, ad people and whatever, um, I didn't even think about my breathing, number one. Number two, <clears throat> the last few, uh, last month or so, since, like I said, I'm working on court now again with someone kind of like the old days when I had great players. I had to keep my act together because I had to play well. I couldn't get hurt because I don't want to be one of those coaches that has to throw the ball to them. I want to be able to yeah. throw the ball if I, I have to I deal with young news all the time. Guys are trying yeah. to stay fit, you know, but go so, on. So I noticed lately, the last month, I've been really hitting it hard, you know, doing cardio at the gym, jumping rope, you know, yeah. you know, doing bench pressing, you know, doing all everything, leg press, curls, extensions. And I noticed that, um, I noticed my breathing, number one. Number two, I noticed now when I hike with my wife and the dog, I really have a much deeper breath and it's, it's almost more relaxing to, to, to exist, to be, than when I was just sitting around all day. Um, you know, I, like I said, I really had a shout. Looking back, I thought I yeah. to myself, God, I, re I rarely took a real deep breath. Yeah, no then. doubt. I, I think when we... Sorry about that phone call, but uh, when when we uh, are more, when our energy systems, a geeky word, but like cardio, when our cardio is better, right? When our lung capacity is better and um, we're training and we're, we're breathing heavy and such, there is no doubt your resting heart rate goes down. Like there's no doubt a physiological response that goes on. And that's what you want from exercise. Like you can get a deeper breath and that's how you feel it um, outwardly, but inwardly like your your body is changing for the better. And that's great that you're feeling that is that's real. Like you can probably take a deeper breath. You could actually yeah, do that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, let me, um, well, this is some good information today. 
I tell you what. It's been a lot of fun. That's a cool it's conversation. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah. Let me put you on the spot for a minute because the only people watching Please. this, uh, the only people watching this, uh, this podcast are, you know, tennis nuts, aficionados, people that yeah. just truly love the game and, 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 and they're all members, you know, they're either pros awesome. or players or both. In, in a lot of cases, my members, awesome. a lot of the pros are young in their thirties, late twenties, early twenties, and they're teaching, but they're also still playing tournaments. And um, so, and then, you know, we'll put a short clip on for, you know, the outside world to entice them to come inside with us. But um, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. You know, you, you have Please. so much good information. I don't think we've really touched it. And um, obviously, we'll have to do another one of these. But of is, is there something you might be able to offer the members coming up, you know, either something written, a video, where they can learn more about everything, more about staying Let's, in shape? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess the best. Spot. And if you say no, no I know it, it's, so it's okay. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I think the best I can offer, no, truly, the best I can offer right now is... Uh, I definitely could offer my access via email. Like if I can help in any way, that's the best and easiest. My content game is no doubt not as good as yours, Uncle Jack. Like my, I've been on the road, like I'm literally just trying to survive by treating and running around. So honestly, I don't yeah, offer I enough. But, but uh, you know, in terms of what I, Ultimately, of course, I do travel on the road and dealing with pro athletes is part of what my company does. Um, in general, my company, the Global Performance Group, is a just a concierge performance and sports med resource. And we deal with um, adults from complicated rehab cases to the golfer at the country club to the tennis player at the country club. Like if there's pain involved, there's a, a way to be there's a way to deal with that, whether it be telehealth, whether it just be a little consult. If there's performance involved or, hey, I want to get ready for this event, we absolutely program for the non-professional athlete. I program for a lot of, unfortunately, blame it on COVID, but I've had a lot of players retire. I've had, unfortunately, three players retire um, while continuing to, to roll through. So like the roster is always evolving. As those players retire, some of them are my closest friends and I'm still programming for them. Uh, some of them are still coaching and teaching and such um, who in my relationship differs, but I'm programming for them. If it's just to keep them healthy, if they have an injury, those are things that we can still manage through just sort of that concierge tag. So the best thing I can give is if there's pain involved, if there's performance, if there's just questions, I can give an email address and, uh, I'll be the best I can at responding to that, and absolutely. Great, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why don't I? Why don't I? Why don't I? Uh, why don't we do this then? Uh, I have a partners page on my uh, site, sure. right? It's called Partners, and it's with Sports Ed TV, who you're now yeah. going to be uh, working with, I'm sure. Appreciate it. And uh, and uh, and other folks, I, I, very few. I'm very select with my partners. I think I have four altogether. Maybe <laughs> yeah, kind. four. Four. That's all I have. But you'd be number five. Maybe uh, you could send me your uh, logo or whatever, and we'll yeah. let people, we'll let the members connect with you. Yeah, truly. However, however, I can help, and I, and that is something I'd like to do more and more. You know, I, I've really just been on tour since all the craziness of COVID, so it's just been a sprint. But um, being able to do more, um, well, actually, take on more projects top, like that. Yeah. Yeah, off the top of my head, uh, Leland. Sure. 
what I'm thinking is, and, and maybe this would help uh, everybody and yourself. Certainly, mm -hmm. I'd love to have it. If let's say I, I uh, someone comes to you and says, "Hey, mm -hmm. I've been having this issue or that issue," um, if it's an email uh, paper trail, you know, paper trail, right? Uh, maybe yeah. we could get some of that. Maybe you could copy me, and and we'd be yeah. able to put that to other people who have the same issue. Or if let's say you give someone a video, what if you give someone a video content, con, uh, you know, and yeah. and you could just do what we're doing right now, which is record it, and yeah. then on your partner's page we could start to build somewhat of a library. Yeah. So if someone has a shoulder issue or an elbow yeah. issue, you know, absolutely. Right now, definitely don't. And again, my Instagram is poor at global underscore p underscore group if anybody wants it but it's not great but it does give a little bit of an idea of maybe what what me as a chiropractor does it's a little bit of everything but um but yeah we have no platform right now so sure if, we, if i can help with that or um well, you as, could use you could use brody tennis as your platform. <laughs> that's what I'm, what I'm saying so like yeah that would be great and if um it would be a great place to put some of those videos and then i want to do some more content and uh it's part of the evolution of the business, you know, growing up a little bit. Well, I think that sounds great. I got to tell you, I got to throw it in yeah. there. I know it's embarrassing, but, and it's not patronizing, but I, I'm really, really super proud of you, man. I mean, I'm impressed. It. I'm proud of you. I think you're doing a great job. Um, Very kind. It's just, uh, it's really a pleasure uh, to be really oh, connected, cool. to really be connected again. You know, we spent too long not, not being connected. Yeah, no, that was, uh, like, we can leave it at some of the family history, just as families can be, is a little bit, uh, it's kind of wild, but um, yeah, it's real this wild. is great, and it's, yeah, this is a cool moment, definitely, and uh, it's great how things come full circle, and I'm glad they did, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, me too, well, give my love to your mom, my sister. I will, I will, and, yeah. Uh, and Leland, thanks, it's really been fantastic, and yeah, I know people will reach out to you. I hope so, but I hope it was a uh, hope it was informative. If I can help in any way, and again, it was uh, it was cool just to talk tennis with you, Uncle Jeff. Yeah, well, we got the U.S. Open coming. I guess you'll be there, huh? <laughs> God willing. All right. God hey, willing. thanks a lot, right. Leland. This was really terrific. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, All right I'll talk to you. Bye.